Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Hello, friends, and welcome to another edition of the Believe Los Podcast. This week's episode of the podcast is presented by Bet Online. Our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights, and even next season's futures. And don't forget, MLB is back, obviously, because we're talking about baseball, but you can go in and pick your World Series favorites. Who would that be? Well, go to Bet Online, because Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and all of your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. Super easy to get started, so head to that website today, which is betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code, which is Believe, the network that we're on. That's B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, super easy to get started. Head to the website today, betonline.ag, or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code, which is Believe, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Huge thanks to Ben Online for presenting this week's episode of the podcast. This week in the Carnasada, we are joined by the legend, John Suhu. If you don't know who John Suhu is, he's the Los Angeles Dodgers photographer. He's taken tons of iconic moments in photograph form and been able to save them, preserve them. And then you've seen some of those pictures and obviously like the media guides, magazines, uh, you know, different publications all over the world. So we, we chop it up with him, talking about that stuff, uh, talk about uh, kind of what uh, the future holds, I guess, but some of his favorite memories, all that stuff. So it's, it was a fun conversation. I'm actually stoked that uh, that he joined us. And without further ado, here is the legend himself, John Suhu. This is Todd Lights, public address announcer for your Los Angeles Dodgers. And now, it's time for the Bleed Los Podcast with your hosts, Alonso and Juan. And Alicia Del Valle. With the babyface gimmick in the sky, Roger. And this week in the Carnasada, we are joined by a, by a legend, but a legend not for sport per se, but for documenting the sport. And it's always good to hear from a legend to begin with. But we are joined by John Suhu. John Suhu, how are you? Well, whenever that legend gets on this this podcast, you let me know that, all right? <laughs> well, you're you're already here. <laughs> you're here, so well, Alicia's here, so she's the legend. But welcome, welcome, John Suhu. Thank you for having me, young lady. You're uh, you've been embedded with the Dodgers now uh, for how, for how long? I've been covering the Dodgers since 1985, uh, starting in the in the the old black and white darkroom days um, with film um, and worked my way up to, to next thing, you know, blinking the night. I'm here 37 years worth. So. And, and you, well, you said yourself it, in blink of an eye, I know obviously we're going to, we're going to dive into some stuff, but truly for, for those people that are still younger than all of us are, how much, how truly of a blink of an eye has it been those 37 years? It's been kind of strange. Uh, as I'm divorced and living on my own, living in Manhattan Beach, and uh, my kids are out of the house, and you know everything is just a little more calmer. Um, just to know that all the different generations of Dodgers that have gone through uh, since I started has just been 
you know, tremendous. There's so many different guys that have gone through this, so many different owners and so many different, you know, different people that have all either reconnected or connected with me um, since those days, just because, you know, there are not a lot of us that are still around from 1985, you know? Yeah, no. And, and, and with that too, you, you also have a non-traditional way that you got into photography and I, that story in itself is wild. So for those folks that don't know that story, how did you kind of get into where you're at now? Well, as a freshman at USC, walking into that, you know, magnificent university and having no idea what, what I was going to go into and what I was doing there. Um, I don't even know how I qualified to get in, to be honest with you, but um, <laughs> I did get in and I was taking my GED classes and uh, <laughs> they back up a little bit. When I was growing up, my folks used to take me to USC football games because my dad was an alum and he had, you know, season tickets. And so I would go to every game in the seventies when, you know, SC, the John McKay days and the rest, was really good. We had, you know, number ones in 72, 74. I mean, they're just, you know, dominant. And so I'd go to the Coliseum with my mom and dad and my uncle Taff and we'd just sit up there in tunnel 10 and uh, it was always crowded up there. So I just you know, made a note to my you know mom and said, Hey, how does it was always crowded there? How do you get down there? And I was pointing down to the field because there's not a lot of media down on the field, but there were camera guys running around there. So I didn't think anything of it, no big deal. But when I got to be a freshman at USC, uh, no real direction, I decided to, you know, go to the daily Trojan and see if I could find any work. And uh with my one eighth grade uh, black and white darkroom class, I went to the Daily Trojan and um, be- became a lab tech for them. I did their darkroom work at the USC Daily Trojan, and so from then I became the the one of their sh- you know contributors. I became one of their shooters, and then I became one of their fo- the the photo editor, uh, chief photographer, is what they call it uh, in the when did I graduate? Early eighties, I'll say. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. And then uh, in 80, let's see, I believe it was with 80, when Cheryl Miller was with us and uh, the McGee twins at USC, uh, the Clip Lakers, I mean, the USC basketball and the Clippers used to play in the same arena. Uh, they shared the sports arena. And so one of the Saturdays when USC was playing during the day, the women, the women were playing uh, in the evening was the Clipper game. Um, and that's where I met um, NBA photographer Andy Bernstein. And Andy needed a darken guy. So next thing you know, I was doing all of the darken work for him of Clipper games and Laker games because he's the NBA photographer. So I'd be going to his studio and uh, his darken, actually just a rental area in, in Hollywood. And he had me just do uh, printing of all the action of, you know, the Benoit Benjamin days and the Urban Magic Johnson days. And, you know, it was just very, the beginning of NBA photos. And then in, in the mid 80s, he got the NBA, uh, the Dodger contract to be the second shooter. And uh, so he was doing both NBA and uh, Lakers, Clippers and the Lake, uh, the Dodgers. And I was doing all the darkroom work for all of those teams um, became a shooter for him covering everything in LA. I mean, starting with, you know, the magic Johnson era um, all the way into the Dodgers stuff in 85. And I shot the, um, I was doing all the darkroom work there too. And, he had so many conflicts with the NBA because um, they start just started blooming into their NBA photo department. And so he had to travel to overseas in, in the late October or so to wherever the Boston Celtics, wherever the, the NBA had their, their Europe, Europe tour. 
And usually that was the Celtics or the Lakers or somebody would go over. So he had to have the coverage of the, of the Dodgers in the meantime. And so I would do that. And next thing you know, um, here I am. <laughs> hey, John, um, you buried the lead because uh, you are the pride of John Marshall High School, are you not? I am. And, you know, Pete, Mar- Pete, Pete, Pete Arbogast is my main hero. And the late Tom LeBond was uh, another hero because we were all Marshall products. Michael, Mike Haynes, the cornerback with the uh, Raiders. And he, he came through Marshall. Uh, what's our coach's name? Andy Reid is in with the Kansas City Chiefs, another Marshall graduate. I mean, we're, yeah, let's see. Heidi Fleiss was one too. That matters. Oh, there, there you go. <laughs> but hey, you were you were all weren't you like all? Uh, what do they call it back in those days? All league basketball player, and then track I, and. I, I mean, was, you were an athlete, right? Well, hell yeah, I was an athlete first. I had no, no plans on picking a camera up. I was playing basketball probably four times a week. Um, I ran. Tra- I didn't say I ran track because I didn't run very fast, but I did try to jump once in a while. But. Basketball is my bread and butter. I would I'd play, you know, four or five times a week. I, I actually had the keys for, for Marshall High for – I'd open the gym for youth services. And so I'd get played to play basketball at Marshall High School after high school. So do you so, still carry a sports equipment in the trunk of your car? I have a basketball in my car. I have a football in my car because I love throwing it around. I, I have a baseball glove in there. But, you know, it, it's just rare to find anybody who wants to throw anybody, anything around anymore. So and, t- uh, t- t- tell me the truth. When you were covering the Showtime Lakers – you could probably take Rambus, right? One-on-one. <laughs> I, would, I would be uh, on the baselines getting run over by him. I, the one time I tripped A.C. Green, uh, he came through you know, through the hoop, out, the, out, out of bounds, the, right by the hoop where I was sitting. And, you know, I don't know if you ever noticed on the court, you have, you have up court and you have down court. So the down court lens is a little bigger and it has a monopod connected to it. Well, the monopod was on my lap with a camera and I was shooting what was up court and AC green comes flying out of bounds to go, you know, try to dive for a ball. He trips over my ball, uh, my, my bar, my monopod, and he flies over onto the scores table. And I was like, Oh fuck, this is the end of my career. <laughs> <laughs> well, being that you were around the Showtime Lakers, I got to ask you, are you watching winning time? And do you I, hate I it as much as part, everyone the, else? Does? I watched the first one and I had to turn it off. I mean, I've had relationships with, you know, Jerry West with magic with, you know, with Kareem, um, I, 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 it really just kind of sucks because it's getting so much credibility by all the younger people who just don't know and they weren't there. And to see Jerry West, West is lambasted like that. It's just bullshit. So I, I really, I turned it off. I'm watching magic on what's the other one in HBO right now. His, his, they thing. call me magic. On, see if uh... I, I see if I can find myself on the baseline in there somewhere just because I was there, you know? I mean, and that's that is something that before I throw it over to Alicia, that I mean, being that you covered the Dodgers for as long as you did, when you see stuff like that, when media, when they're these players are attacked in the media, I mean, how many times do you hear this guy sucks, man? Get him out of here and all that stuff. How well, hard I, is it for you to separate yourself from that? It, I let's just say I don't go hang out at sports bars. Um, <laughs> I don't have a lot, I have a real small core group of friends that if they start talking shit about, you know, this guy did that, or why didn't that guy do this? And I say, you want to talk to Dave Roberts, you know, I'll give you his number. You know, I, I don't need to wear their shit. You know, if they if they do something that's, you know, improper, they'll make a call that suits their fancy. I don't need to wear that. That's I have a solar plex that needs to have my own, you know, happiness. In it. I don't need to be taking on their bullshit. So I don't. And so that's why I, you know, I don't go hang out at bars too often. And if I do, it's, it's very, 
very limited. I have more uh, friends that are females because they don't want to talk about sports. And I don't want to talk about sports when I'm not at it. I love it. John coming in hot. Go ahead. (laughs) (laughs) A different perspective. I'm sure you hear a lot of, I was not expecting that John, but I appreciate your candor. Go ahead, Alicia. It's refreshing, isn't it? I love it. Um, John, thank you. Once again, I, there's so much I want to cover, but I'm just going to kind of piggyback off what we spoke about earlier. Not only are you the pride of John Marshall, but as a fellow Trojan, hello, like <laughs> fight on, right? I'm, I'm all about, you Absolutely. know, Trojans, uh, fight on forever. But also just even before your schooling years, the Suhu legacy is something that I want to make sure everybody knows about. I mean, now I keep, are you a fourth generation or a fifth generation Angelino? I had to ca- uh, ask my cousin this because, you know, for the most the longest time, I was assumed on the assumption that I was fourth generation. And he told me, no, your grand, your grandfather, blah, 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 blah. You're fifth generation. I said, all right, well, I'll take that. I mean, I, that, that number is pretty large. And uh, at this day and age, um, because of my Asian-ness and my skin color, my eyes and my hair, um, I've been not attacked, but I've been uh, not, I won't say accosted, but I've been verbally abused before in every ballpark I've been to. I travel with the Dodgers and throughout my career, including Dodger Stadium and, you know, including every stadium that I've probably been to, there's been some sort of, you know, time where someone's come up to me and give me, giving me crap about go back to where you came from. You know, you know, when we had Nomo come around for the first time, it was the first Asian there. And I, all of a sudden I became part of the Asian media and, you know, it's just, a, it's a joke because the media portrays us as one clump of, of humans. And that's just bullshit because shit, fifth, five generations. If I'm asked one more time, if I speak Chinese, I'm like, well, where are your, where are your family from? Where's your family from? And, and do you speak, you know, whatever. And you're like second generation. I'm five generations away. How could I speak anything but English? You know, it's just very infuriating. And it's, uh, it's so relevant today because shit, we're getting beat up for being Asian, you know, for, for causing the Asian flu. Thank you, Donald Trump. I mean, it's like, it's just, it's just, it's just rhetoric that gets blown up and put on the media. And next thing you know, we're the victims of it. And so, yeah, I, you know, I've always said we need more diversity, not just in front of the camera, but behind the camera. And you are behind the camera. We need people making those decisions, right? But you're out there doing it. And in a town full of transplants, I just have to give you your props because the legacy of the Suhu family runs deep. I mean, your grandfather helped build Chinatown right next door to Dodger Stadium. He's got his own plaque in Chinatown. And you honor the Suhu family name well. You honor, you know, the, your your kids, your sons. I know it's really important to you the to work hard and the diversity. Now I'm going to parlay that into the Dodgers. They have a legacy of being diverse, have they not? And you've been there to shoot everybody. <laughs> I've, I've been there. The other major league baseball teams, I would say, I'm very confident in saying this, the Dodgers have a legacy of diversity, at least on the field. Am I wrong? Right? Well, I mean, we have to start it off because, you know, Jackie Robinson was pretty much the anchor of all that just because he was the first one let in and, you yeah. know, away we go. Um, the cross, the, 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 
I thank you for your comments about my grandfather in Chinatown and the plaque. I'm still waiting for a free meal from it from somewhere down there. Right. <laughs> but it hasn't quite come about yet, but I don't hang around quite a lot. I just go in and get out, you know, so. Wait, wait, um, do you, really quick, do you have your picture up at uh, Yang Chow's? I have my picture up at, uh, what do you call it? Uncle Bill's Pancake House in Manhattan Beach. That's how oh, far right I'm on. I, so like I, don't quite, I don't have nothing in Chinatown, <laughs> nor do I expect anything in Chinatown. <laughs> it's it's funny because, you know, getting back to the, you know, how the diversity of Los Angeles, the diversity of the Dodgers, um, we're, we're pretty cool in the sense that we, you know, Peter O'Malley brought in, you know, Hodeo Nomo, Chano Park. We've had, you know, a long list of guys come along then since. Um, but to this point, point we're still waiting for our first jeremy lynn to take hold and go there's no there's no tommy edmund that you know st louis has uh, mitch white is doing his best to you know fortify our our asian american uh player through our organization but you know the two this is where again where we get clumped in together again is because they just think oh, okay well shohei tani blah 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 okay wait a minute shohei tani is born and raised in japan he's from japan how about you celebrate the ones that are from here the Asian, the American Chinese, the American Japanese, the, the, what's the name of the kid from uh, Cleveland? He's a badass, Stephen Kwan. Um, he's hit like crazy right now. And, you know, he's still got Asian shit climbing over the wall in New York. You know, he still gets crap. So I, I, I temper all the love that the Asian community is getting, but it's just still infuriating that we're still seen as, as one clump of dude, you know? Wow, we understand and hear you completely. Thank you for sharing that. Again, your candor is really genius. <laughs> it's going to give me trouble somewhere down the line, but whatever. No, it's not <laughs> trouble. This, I got my Jackie shirt on, so if, he, if anyone could, you know, represent. <laughs> you represent, wow. And, and while I have you, again, so back to how many just, I can't even count on all my fingers and toes and everything how many superstar athletes you have photographed not just dodgers one of my favorite suhu photographs from this suhu scrapbook is with kobe bryant on the court you've got fernando mania you've got all of these pictures but do what are your favorites i mean i can name my top five uh kershaw's no hitter i could go on and on what can i ask you do you have a favorite a top three. Um, I have uh, the Kobe Bryant laying on the basketball, looking up it's in the up in the sky. That was like That's probably the, yeah. the the ultimate for me, just because. Shit, I didn't plan to you know have pull that one out till you know, hell after I died. I wasn't expecting him to die before I did, you know, yeah. and to have it be on the cover of ESPN magazine. Um, just it, it was just a, uh, it was pretty magical that whole shoot because he's such a wonderful dude. And then I have a, a, a Kershaw Koufax walking down the hallway at Dodger stadium that that's behind the scenes that no one got to see because of this, a photograph that I was setting up in the bullpen. And, uh, and I was walking down from the clubhouse through the tunnel to the, our bullpen. And somebody just jolted me in the back of the head saying, Hey, turn around you idiot. There's a beautiful moment going on. And they're just talking back and forth to each other. And it was not a posed moment. It was just a, a very candid, um, but the walls are pretty, the, the, it's a, it's a nice angle. I really, it just hit a lot, hit home a lot, pretty, pretty cool because it was, you know, connection between the Dodgers, the Dodgers of old, the Dodgers are new. And this was 2015 when it was relative, you know, Kershaw was pretty much the next generation, mm-hmm. you know? So it was pretty, that's pretty much my, my favorite two that are out there. I've got a, you know, a couple of Vin Scully ones that, you know, ring true for me and, you know, hold Vin right dear to my heart. So, um, oh. 
Ben Scully demanded that you be at the White House to photograph him. Like that's well, that's just kind of blown out of proportion. He goes, I don't think he demanded anything because I don't think well, I, <laughs> I did ask him if I could, I did ask him if I could go, and he did there say you yes. Go. So. <laughs> I know I just made Ben Scully out to be. You just so ruined the story, I'm John. Sorry, Everybody sorry. is gonna think, oh wow, Ben, and then John's well, just like, hey, no, I, God, I kind right? of forced myself on that one. So. <laughs> he is God, so. Hey, who tells Vince Scully no? Nobody. <laughs> yeah, he's incredible. And so I had one of him at the White House that was pretty, I liked a lot. So I think those probably were my top three-ish. Pretty dang cool. I, I'm, again, thank you for sharing. Um, with this career that you've had, with this eye that you've been, essentially your career is using your eye, right? Your camera, your eye. Oh, Yeah. Could you parlay that eye that you have by seeing so many ballplayers? I don't know, maybe like scout, like I'm talking like body language. I don't know. I've always wondered when you see a young kid come up or a trade, do you look at him and think this guy is going to make it or this guy's an a-hole or this guy's a punk? Like, you know what I mean? I shouldn't use well, across the board. I mean, he, the, the athletes that I'm viewing are the same athletes you're viewing. It's just like de- looking at another person in society. There's, you know, they're idiots out there. They're really cool people out there. And the personalities are, you know, real high and they're real low. They're, they run the gamut of uh, emotions just because they're humans, but you know, you have access that we don't, we see them on TV and in the clubhouse. So I just wondered because you are there, like you mm-hmm. are, in the clubhouse, especially events, concerts, uh, Kershaw's ping pong event, all these things that we don't, we just see them on TV or in person, but you get what I'm saying. I just thought maybe oh, you can tell when some, like when Pui came up, did you see, or came up when Pui got here, did you see something in him? I mean, he got, he got a nickname from Vince Scully for goodness sakes. Like I thought he was going to be one of the great ones. So he had so much energy. And when I got to meet him in spring training and hang out with him in spring training, I said, that sort of thing for baseball, you know, you can't, uh, if you're not at spring training and you don't really get embedded into the, into the, the team. So because I was there and I got to hang out, you know, from, you know, beginning mid February, all the way to the end of, of March, you kind of get to know people like you, you know, we see the Bobby Millers making their way through now and sooner or later, he's going to be up there and, you know, the 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 future is always up to to them and for Puig, um, I saw it all. I mean, he's such a great dude. I mean, just think about it. You're, it, it, I had put him and like Mike Trout in two different categories, but it's the same kind of you know they're human beings. But one has this kind of upbringing, the other one has a different kind of upbringing. The other, you know, one's trying to you know make it through what's it called AAU ball and, and travel ball. And the other one's just trying to freaking live, you know, it's trying to exist. And so when the, you know, the, you know, plead comes over from wherever he got, you know, saved from us, I believe it was Mexico that he came up through. I mean, hell, he's just happy to be alive. I mean, I, I can't imagine the uh, it's, it's just a different kind of stress that's put on these person these personalities that the sports world puts on them. I'm happy for Puig's, you know, plight right now because he's getting to live uh, as, you know, he's, he's not playing the bigs, but he is playing. He is getting to, you know, see, he's getting to mature, you know, as he is to mature. But on the other side of that, you've got, you know, the, the guys who had, you know, pretty, you know, suburban kind of lifestyle growing up and had all of it kind of going their way. Of course, you're going to have, they're, they're going to be a little more well-adjusted because they're, they're used to that, you know, that's, that's how I kind of like, you got to look back a little more than, 
what the media sees in front of you. And, but it, you could see that the comparison is pretty, I'm surprised Puig was as successful as he was considering, you know, I'm sure that was all adrenaline that first <laughs> full year of all those, you know, home runs and, you know, walk-offs and all that kind of stuff. So it's just a different beast than I think than, than the, the typical American, you know, raised child. Thank you for the reminder. Thank you, John. <laughs> John Suhu, Los Angeles uh, Dodgers photographer, uh, joining us here in the Canasada. John, I, I, you, you, you've been able to experience being embedded with a professional sports team. As you know, that wasn't necessarily a norm for a really long time. And now it's kind of become a full-time job with photographers and graphic designers, social media guys, all that stuff. But you also have been able to, to be around the Dodgers for super iconic moments, all that stuff. But you get to do something that none of us get to do. And that's day in, day out clubhouse stuff. I, I was lucky enough to grow up in a clubhouse and it, it's a completely different dynamic that people don't understand. So for you, how hard is it as, as a photographer? But also I know you have interpersonal relationships with these guys to not kind of let that inner, you know, kind of intermingle with the work that you do. Because I mean, obviously that's, that's a difficult thing to do because baseball in the clubhouse component is all about the relationships. Well, I'd say I don't take that position lightly. And the, the trust that I've built has been built over 37 years worth. It hasn't been like overnight. It wasn't just one spring training and, you know, getting to know, I mean, I'm constantly uh, counseling other team photographers that are new to not only, you know, team photography, but that dynamic of being able to get in and, or not get in. And they're wondering how do you get in and how do you get that trust? It's just, it's just repetition being there a day in and day out. If you know, somebody needs something, I mean, the, the, the event of social media has helped propel a lot of, uh, you know, need for images by these players themselves. So instead of them using their own phones, now they're able to get them off either green fly or they'll, you know, wait for my link at whenever I send it to them. Um, but it's, uh, it's trust and, and knowing that I'm, you know, I am part of that whenever, you know, they need something or whether their white families need a, a, a picture of their kid the new kid that just came out and they're doing something on the field or whatever or there's a special event like Kershaw's challenge and just knowing that they know that you're there for them because that's what I am I mean I'll do anything for JT I'll do anything for any of them it's just a matter of you know communication and not getting cut off and social media has done a lot to uh, help and has also done a lot to kind of hinder actually um, because there's so many different people that either MLBs, you know, trying to throw down their, you know, down these guys' throats um, to have them be more visible. Everybody wants the, the, what I, what I do for my Dodgers, they want them to be able to do that for their teams. And even our team, they still want to have to, you know, um, to get them getting off the bus or get them getting off the airplane and that kind of stuff that, you know, whatever, I'm glad they, they're there to do that. Cause honestly, I wouldn't, I don't, I shooting them getting off the plane is pretty cool, but to, to spit that right out and, you know, stick up on the, on social media and get, you know, 50,000 likes on the Dodger site. It's pretty cool, but I, I'm glad there are people to do that, <laughs> you know, cause I'm here for the meat and potatoes at the game. I'm trying to get, you know, between the lines and if I can get some flavor outside the lines, so you know, that's kind of what I'm there for more than I'm trying to get the history of baseball, not necessarily the moment of history uh, of baseball, which is what kind of social media really is. Cause once obviously you see it on a post the next day, you know, they're not going to remember it. You know, but for me, I'm hoping to be on somebody's wall in their living room, not necessarily their wall on their computer. Well, and with that, that's something that I've always been curious of you because you've shot so many iconic moments, right? You're, you're about the history of the game and documenting that 
for just like you said, for, you know, being on the wall, coffee table book sort of stuff for you. What's a memory that stands out to you that you vividly remember that may not necessarily be documented in photograph? Um, boy, that's a good one. There have been so many different moments. The only time I can really remember is when I see a picture that I either shot or I'd say I missed. And so, but probably, more, you know, I've missed more than I've shot. It's just happened. You just happen to see the ones I happily, you know, show <laughs> on, Instagram, Instagram, on my social media or through the, the programs or whatever, whatever you would see it. Um, it's, uh, there are moments I've missed if that's what you're trying to get to, I think. Um, no, and truthfully, it's just more because you, you've documented so much. You've seen so much, you know, you know, the no hitter by Kershaw, Fernando Mania stuff, Hideo Nomo, Channel Park, like you're talking about, Yasiel Puig. I mean, there's so much that you've been able to, to document, but obviously there's going to be some stuff that I know, I know photographers operate this way. Damn it. I wish I would have shot this or damn it. I wish I would have done it this way, but that's just also photographers, you know, for you. Right. I've, I've, like I said, I've missed so many different events along the way. And, and just like, you know, what 300 being a good batting average, three out of 10. Um, I'm happy if I get one out of 10, you know, out, out of the moments that come about, if I'm something, if I'm there and I'm, I'm able, I want to, you know, try not to miss it. But if I do miss it, I don't wear it just because, you know, there's going to be another moment sooner or later and I don't travel out every trip. So I wouldn't, I'd miss moments anyway. So it's just been a blessing to be able to get Josh Beckett's no hitter and another blessing on the road. And I think that was, I forgot that what, where that was Colorado. Uh, I don't have Philadelphia. Philadelphia. I'm not normally on that Philadelphia trip and I'm not scheduled to go to Philadelphia this year. I don't think. Um, so just hit and miss what, what I call, I missed the Bueller thing last week, the, the complete game, you know, it's, it's sad, but you know, it's just part of life you're not going to get every moment in life. And, you know, every, every event is covered by TV, but in human perspective, it's kind of hard to be everywhere. No, that's fair. That's totally fair. I was just more curious to kind of what you've, you've put in the bank, I guess, for lack of a better term, just because as you know, baseball is all about the history and, and things happen like that on a fly. And, and, you know, like I said, even to that, like you said yourself, you, you'll miss moments. Um, well, I'm, I'm going to continue to miss moments. Uh, as they get closer to 60 in July, it's going to be hard to remember, you know, where, <laughs> where the stadium is, where my parking space is and lot, lot B. So <laughs> when, uh, when you, uh, and, and this will be my last one before I throw it over to Juan, uh, when you, when you kind of see your work out and about, like you were talking a minute ago, how you you want to be in someone's living room. You want to be, you know, kind of in that, in that moment. When, when, when you see that sort of stuff, is it still surreal for you to this day when you see your work on, be it a billboard or someone's, you know, home, whatever the case may be? It's a trip to see, come down uh, Vince Gulley Avenue from Dodger Stadium to hit Sunset and you see those billboards that are up there and it, they're huge, you know, and the, one of my most favorite ones was um, when Yasiel Puig hit a walk-off and uh, I ran out onto the field with a fisheye lens on a pole and I shot them, him coming into home plate. He literally slipped. I couldn't see it because I, I was just hail marrying it with a fisheye on a monopod uh, aiming down. And hopefully he was going to get something. And then he slid and then he got up and he raised his arms. And next thing you know, it's, he's surrounded by all the, the teammates around him. And next thing you know, it's on a billboard and on uh, Sunset Boulevard. And that was pretty tremendous. That was the first real taste of, hey, I'm not, I don't really suck at this, you know. Wow. <laughs> hey, John, I, I know you said you've missed moments, but I got to ask you, do you have the picture of when Chan Ho Park went blood sport on Tim Belcher? Oh, man, I was well back. That was a film day 
and that was actually my 37th image. And so when I hit 36, right before I knew something was coming about, because, you know, it's a pretty volatile dude, you know, John Hill Park was just ready to go. I, <laughs> I could already tell. And as soon as I hit 36 to 37, I was out of film. I missed it. Oh, well, there, you no. it. there you go, Alonzo. That's where I fucked up. <laughs> Are you, are you happy now, Alonzo? Well, it'll never happy. It'll never happen again because it's no longer a thirty-six roll of a film. It's no. It's now a freaking a thousand image card. You know. So if I run out, we're really overshot. And and for those young kids that are listening, film was a thing that was used back in the day. But in all seriousness, John, going from that transition from film to digital, you talked about the importance of social media. Uh, was it difficult making that change? Has digital make makes uh, has it made taking pictures easier? And I also wanted to ask you, I mean, this is how you make a living. How do you feel like when you post your stuff on Instagram and then someone does a screenshot of your picture and then they start posting it? I know some artists consider that theft and you are an artist. Like, what are your views on that? Um, okay, back to the first question, which was what? <laughs> uh, sorry, the first that was a, that was a was, big, that was a load. I can't remember much. <laughs> sorry, the, the going from film to digital has now working in digital. I know some photographers prefer shooting on film. Is that something that was a preference for you? Well, I mean, at the uh, during the time, I mean, 1980, shit, 1980, all the way till 2001. That was my really first year touching an actual, you know, uh, digital camera. So I would actually have uh, shoot color negative and have that run down. Uh, this is okay. I'm going to start at Vero beach, which is where, you know, the, a lot of my dark work was happening. I would process, uh, shoot an image roll of, this is before digital uh, cameras. That is, I would go get a, my, I would shoot a roll of color negative film, bring it to the lab, have C41, you know, process the negatives. And then we had a film scanner, which I could, you know, see the image I want. And I could, you know, scan it into this form into a digital email. And next thing you know, I could send it up to the Dodger, you know, I don't, I don't know if you can even call it a, you know, I won't say social media because it really wasn't that kind of yet. It was kind of like blog, I guess. And so I would send him the image and then he would put it up on something. And there it goes. Just the, the kind of the start of all the digital technology that was, you know, coming up ahead, but it started with a color negative film or scanning the black and white negative. Um, so, and then to go get my digital camera and start, you know, you start seeing more, you know, Facebook stuff and, but not the, 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 the amount that you see on Instagram now. And then to get to the point where you're talking about the people just you know, doing screen grabs and, you know, posting on their own. I, I think, uh, if they just do that on their own, they lose their own credibility. But if they tag me, then they gain a little, just a little bit more credibility because my name's attached to it. So I'm going to take it with a grain of salt. I'm already making a living doing what I do. And I'm, you know, I'm appreciative that, you know, God gives me this opportunity. And so I'm not going to be, you know, hard ass about it and go, you know, you know, but if somebody just abuses, it doesn't give any kind of credit, then, you know, I'm going to assume they're not, have, they don't have very much of a viewership to begin with. Nice. Go ahead, Alicia. That is true, right? <laughs> um, I hope. I hope they realize. No, you got it right. <laughs> I, I can see what you're doing, and I think you're doing it right. And, um, the, yeah, I just wanted to come back to the Dodgers that you, you mentioned. We have mentioned all of your iconic photos. Well, not all of them. Our favorites. 
So Kirk Gibson is one of them. And this season, the Dodgers had a Kirk Gibson bobblehead night. They don't have that every season. It's very exciting for my diehard Dodger family. Do you collect bobbleheads? Do you collect any like Dodger pins, Michelada I, cups? Do you have like a, a museum, a Dodger museum in the Suhu household? Like what's going on? I want to know. A little man come over and uh, check it out, but I've got nothing. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have any bobbleheads because you're a grown adult, right, John? Uh, so you don't collect John, toys, right, John? John? I've, already, I've already been divorced. How and dare so, you? And then I realized how much shit I actually had in my garage and my storage unit that I'm probably paying way too much, $500 a month for a storage unit that's, you know, wow. all those great baseball cards that I thought I had that are worth nothing. I'm paying 500 bucks a month for a storage unit. When I got, <laughs> when I got no longer with my, my ex-wife now, uh, when we split up, I just kind of like said, I'm done with all this shit. I don't need any of it. I mean, I, they keep my, my World Series ring, my two LCS rings. And I'm, you know, I have a Magic Johnson basketball from the 1994 Orlando uh, All-Star game. Uh, that's the only thing I really had personalized to me. Um, and a couple, you know, tear sheets of, you know, covers that I've had. Um, but most of my stock is in whatever film I have left that is, you know, images I, you know, care for a lot. But as far as stuff goes, now I, I get, I'm, the, I'm, I'm beyond... Like I said, the closer I get to 60, the more I realize that it's more spiritually needed, you know, all that kind of stuff's needed elsewhere for other people. But I, I'm trying to get away from the, the material need. Wonderful answer. And now I'm embarrassed that I have a Kirk. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but you're a fan. It's OK. You're supposed to do that. OK, I, thank you. Sure. Thank you. <laughs> See, and the reason that Juan was saying what he was saying is he claims that the reason he doesn't have any collectibles is because he's a grown ass man. Whereas if you look over here to my <laughs> shoulder, there's a bunch of collectibles. You still see your path, Juan. Like that's because that, as Juan just said or John just said uh, that a fan. So I'm, I'm you know, I'm, I'm just holding on to my collectibles here. And John, just for the record. If they give you a bobblehead and you don't want it, I will gladly buy it off of you. Pay for yeah, it yeah. Yeah, that's that's exactly that gray area. It'll get my ass in trouble. So I, right, no, I'm, I know. I, I'm joking. So, I'm joking. But, yeah, that's in jest, but it's more for Juan to understand <laughs> that he is a habitual line. I, I'm with you, John. I get you. I get you, man. The only, <laughs> you know, the, the only time people ask me about, if I ever get autographs, it would be because of the photograph that either they're in with me, with me or a photograph that I took. Um, I, I've been, I, I even then it's like I don't even care. It's a it's just another another material thing. My walls here are pretty empty. I don't have you know that big old thing in Dodger Stadium. I do have a big picture of Dodger Stadium, but not as big as the one that Alicia has behind her. Um, <laughs> Subtle jab. Well done, sir. That's huge. I mean, that's a, I mean, I don't know if that's mine or not, but it's um it's actually oh. a blanket. It's like <laughs> emotional damage, man. Yeah. I, I am I am a new, over. I can't uh, see it. I want to see if it's my picture or not. <laughs> you're not even giving you're not even giving john credit for the picture Dang. i bought the blanket but i think it's a she bought it at santa fe springs don't let her lie to you yeah. okay that's okay if it's, the, I won't swap be a meat, Stadium, the swap yeah. meat is gone the swap meat is <laughs> <laughs> it's not but okay uh but you know i i want to make sure that i thank you for always being so good to us fans because before we even had a relationship with like me being on the field for whatnot you were so nice to us. You took a picture of my family on the field and we still have it. And it's one of my parents like pride and joy that we were photographed by Mr. John Suhu. So thank you for your many years of being so 
gracious, right? Oh, and humble. And right. now I'm thank being... you for, for being you guys. I mean, shit, that's what it's all about. Is this, you know, if you're all not looking at my images, then I'm kind of like, you know, why am I taking them? You know, and that, <laughs> these are all memories. These are all memories for everybody that comes through that gate. So um it's it's worth it, including you know, when you do when you walk through there and they take the people in the lime green shirts are taking photographs. Mm-hmm. Take that photo and buy it. It's twenty dollars that you're going to spend on a beer or whatever. But that photograph of your little kid when they're two years old in about five years, it changes things when it's on that refrigerator, you know, and shit happens. So, you know, all those memories matter. So that's why I'm a big proponent of, uh, you know, the, the, the fan opportunities that are at Dodger Stadium. Blueprints is what it is. So, I mean, think about it. When you go through there, uh, if there's, you know, an elder relative or whatever, I mean, those kids aren't there doing it just to harass your ass. They're trying to give you a chance at a memory, you know? So it's, it's well worth it. And when they come around with that five for that, with that five S seven or whatever the print is, I mean, it's worth it. Jeez. I mean, that's, that's your legacy. Amen. You're right. And they always look better than your selfies. I'm just saying. Yeah. <laughs> I'm never going to print your selfies and you know it. No. So think about people, how much crap is on people's phone that are hiding in some cloud that have no purpose being up there because there's just so many images to go through. Right. I mean, I know I've got a gazillion. So I love it. Old school. Old school. Um, That's right. You brought up fans and I know the guys don't want me to bring this up, but I have to, because it's kind of become my thing now. Fans booing our own players. Uh, There we go. There we go. (laughs) And by guys, she means one, by the way. Where where do you stand? I do not believe in booing our own players at the stadium, especially at home. I don't think it helps. It doesn't get them to perform any better. What, what say you, John Suhu? I'm a, as a human being looking at other human beings, it's not surprising that they do boo just because it's just, you know, human nature to voice that kind of opinion. I'm not a big, I'm not a fan of any kind of booing, you know, especially if like, you look at the Yankees, you know, throwing shit at the players from Cleveland, you know, that's a different kind of booing. That's a different kind of you know behavior. Um, people make their decisions on what they want to do with their own lives. And, you know, well, I saw this on blackish uh, the other day, but the guy uh, forgot the actor's name. He said, hurt people, hurt people. So it, you don't know what kind of, people you're dealing with that are doing the bullying. You don't know the, 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 their, their state of mind where they're, you know, maybe they're having a shit day at home. Maybe, you know, there's so many different things involved in why somebody would boo. They take it out on somebody else. And so, you know, to call them out on it just escalates the, the, it even more. And so you're, I, I just let it go. I mean, Dave has to take on more booing than, booing than anybody. Cause you know, he's the skipper and he takes a lot of heat for, you know, doing this or doing that, but he knows in, in his mind, he's doing what he needs to do to make the team better. And, you know, so add that to the players too, who, you know, you don't think they're out to try and do that on purpose and give up that home run. No, they're not. They're just, they're just humans. But you know, the person that stands on that third beer, the third $20 bill, <laughs> probably already in debt because of that, you know, and the food and the, the whatever. Um, so I just would like to point out that it was not, this is not what Dodger fans are known for. It's a newer thing, booing our own players. That's all. I, I don't, I don't want it to become the norm, but it's, I would uh, never call anybody out. I might give them the, the stink eye, but I would never, you know, say anything. <laughs> but uh, today in our, today in, in our society, our society is very volatile. I mean, after January 6th and looking at people climbing buildings and it's okay to do and, you know, fighting over masks and blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, it's, it's not surprising that it's very, you know, 
volatile right now. It's just yeah. the way society is. And so you just got to pick your moments. And I'm just trying to not get beat up because I'm an Asian walking around in, you know, down in the South Bay, you know? So, oh, I got, I can't imagine riding a subway in New York right now. Right. No, you're right. You're right. Dang. <laughs> well, and, uh, and uh, John Suhu here for a couple more moments. And uh, before I throw it to Juan to end the show, how we always do, uh, one question I wanted to ask you is you you know Dave Roberts well, right? You've got to know him, work with him all the time, all that stuff. Absolutely. I feel like, and this is just as as you know, as a fan, all that stuff. I feel like he gets shit on unnecessarily. He obviously the end, you know, he's the guy that is is held accountable for results, all that stuff. But for you, someone that knows a guy like Dave Roberts who kind of lives and dies by the sword per se per social media and is unfairly kind of ridiculed or judged for the, you know, the, the things that the Dodgers do, how, how hard is it for you to kind of sit back and not say anything to those people? Cause if we've learned anything about John Suhu today, he does not give a fuck. And I like, that. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, I give a fuck about the people I give a fuck about. How's that? That's fair. Good answer. Good answer. Great answer. Great answer. And Dave Roberts is, is, the, is top of the list because he's just a genuine dude. And I don't know if you, whenever, if you look into our home dugout, I'm literally right behind the two coaches that are just to, if you're looking at our dugout from the outfield, he's on that step. I'm the, just over to the left, usually just on the inside by, by where Pryor stands or Van Skoyak stand. And so I hear everything he's taking, even that's even from the loyal, you know, season ticket holder behind play behind the, in the front row and they're still giving him shit. And so I, I don't say, I don't say anything to anybody because he's a grown, he's a grown man and he can pick his own fights and, you know, believe me, but he hears everything. And so he, he feels everything. He's a very conscientious, very sensitive guy, but he knows his, his job. I mean, his job is to do what he thinks is right for his team and, uh, whatever the perception is, he's going to make the decision that's best for him. And that's going to you know make the team progress. I mean, I, I the the different decisions about no hitters and blah blah blah. And it's like, I mean, I got I, I take it from relatives that are hitting me on the phone saying, "Why leave him in? Leave, tell Dave to leave him." And I'm like, I don't need to hear this shit. You know, I've got my own. You know, I'm trying to make sure I don't miss something by him staying in for the game. You know, and you know, so just to have that kind of you know grief all the time i mean that's what he signed up for and he does a great job and i'm sure he's you know paid handsomely for it well and the reason i go there is because i feel like us as dodger fans have kind of taken dave roberts for granted in certain to a certain degree and when it's all said and done you know it's kind of like like I, i've said this comparison from another sport aaron Rodgers, right he's kind of polarizing now all this stuff but you can't deny what the dude has done on the field and when he retires and you look at his stats people are just gonna be like what the hell and Dave Roberts is kind of in that same echelon, I feel like. When it's all said and done, you look at his winning percentage, what he's done, you know, how he was able to kind of control that clubhouse, all that stuff. And then most importantly, he's a solid guy. I don't know anyone that's ever said a bad thing about one Dave Roberts from when he was a player to now. And I and that's where I feel like as a fan base, maybe that's where one thing, you know, people can kind of fall back a little bit and appreciate that for what it is, you know, kind of just like the showtime era for the, for the Lakers, right? Even though that's a giant window, there, there was still the ridicule and all that stuff that I feel like was still unfair. And in this case, the Dave Roberts is completely unfair and, and, and uncalled for, in my opinion. I think a lot of this is um, the Dodgers. We, we do take them for granted. I mean, as far as, I mean, look at how far we've come in the amount of years since, you know, you know, Mark, the Guggenheims have taken over. It's been, 
you know, the, the, they wanted to get on Andrew Friedman for not going after this guy. And then they got another guy who, you know, they brought him in for the playoff run. I mean, you, you, you're, you're getting satisfied because they're making moves because they, they're making moves which they think is best for the team. And shit, getting Scherzer last year. I mean, that, that's pretty amazing stuff that, you know, they're pulling off, you know, it, it's, we get spoiled. We're just spoiled brats. And all the people that are complaining the most are these athletes that probably didn't have that great a career. They're sucking down, you know, four beers at Dodger Stadium, you know? So what you're getting is what you get as a fan, but you know, these are all, you know, what they call pent up athletes, you know, yeah, that didn't have, that didn't do what, that, what they thought they were going to do. So they can take it on somebody else like Dave Roberts. So. All right, John, we're, we're going to end the show the way we always end the show here. We're not but- singing. <laughs> no, no, we're, we're, we're not going to ask you to do that. But we're going to ask you to do a soft shoe routine. And not <laughs> before uh, before we end the show, I, I do some rapid fire, just some quick responses here. Uh, this is Jaime Jarrín's last season. Now, he is the maestro. We were lucky enough to have him on the show. Do you have? Did you have any experiences? I mean, he's been with the Dodgers for sixty-four years. You're now been with the Dodgers for thirty-seven years. Do you have any Jaime Harin stories that you can add, uh, share with us? Well, there's a restaurant that we go to. I'm going on the road with Jaime Harin when he was on the road with us. We would go to lunch all the time, and we'd just make sure to go to our favorite places when we could. And one of them is in Philadelphia, in a place called Te- uh, Tequilas, and uh, it's on Seventeenth and Locust, and as a Chinese American eating Mexican food, it's one of the best Mexican foods I've ever eaten. So I don't know if that really qualifies or not. I don't do spicy, but they make crazy seafood and their, their breakfast is phenomenal. And so, you know, David Suro, who's, you know, uh, Jaime introduced me to, that's the owner of the restaurant. He's a big photographer, big in the photo. He makes his own tequila. He has Nikon equipment. And so all this crosses crossing over and between having, you know, Jaime on the road and you know when Fernando wasn't traveling on the road we would hang out we'd probably do more than you know it was more fun when when uh, Fernando was on the road with us um, just because he's Fernando um. <laughs> okay and there's a guy Rich Pilling made a statement that said about describing you that you are a Dodger without a uniform which I think is a very appropriate way of describing you and leads me to Cooperstown There are no, to my knowledge, there are no photographers in the Hall of Fame. They have writers, they have announcers, but they don't have photographers. And I find it really funny because the Hall of Fame is a museum. When you go to the Hall of Fame, what do you see? You see pictures. This is how we remember these great players. And so to not have photographers be included in the Hall of Fame, to me, is it's just another slap in the face. I don't know how much you've given it thought, but I'm about giving people their roses while they're still alive yeah. as opposed to waiting until they're dead. But you have to be a clear candidate. And Josh Rawich is a friend of the Carnesada. So next time yeah. we have him on, we will bring this up, John. But are you not a clear candidate to be in the Hall of Fame? Um, honestly, um, I would only expect to go if the... 40 other photographers that are ahead of me, the Charlie Conlins, the, the Barney Steins, the, the ones that actually are in the museum with their images all over the place. I mean, that's where you got to start. I mean, it's the, the credibility would be, is probably more, 
more believable if those guys go first because they're worthy. I'm not, honestly, I'm not sure what the criteria is. I know most photographers that uh, are, that do this to, you know, historically, there are only a few of us that have been done, done it like all of our lives. Uh, Michael Zagaris with the A's, who's also done it with the 49 of uh, San Francisco 49ers in the Montana days. I mean, there Steve Green with the Cubs, Ron Vesley with the White Sox. I mean, there's so many photographers that, that have, you know, been a part of that that's been their life but because there was no social media they don't get the exposure that i'm getting right now from you know i'm able to show stuff in 1985 on my instagram and it has you know more impact because their eyes i could see it and so they didn't have those eyes you know my, my used to be i can only be seen on a program or a yearbook at dodger stadium no one even know i even had any images or what i even did for a living that's why it probably took more heat but when i get recognized at the stadium because people follow my images it's it's pretty, you know, gratifying. And so if the hall of fame is involved in that, you know, down the road, that's great. But I don't want to be, I don't want it to be missed if there are people that are ahead of me that, you know, paved the way for me. And so I don't, I don't, I, it would only have more credibility if they, they obviously go first, <laughs> you know, spoken like a true gentleman. Uh, we have many crusades on that show, on this show. <laughs> and one of them is to get Valenzuela's Jersey retired but I think we're going to have to start the John Sue who Hall of Fame campaign on here. Well, send it to Lon Rose and see where that goes with you. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right, we, we will. We'll, we'll he's, buck he's, I know he's, he keeps bringing it up and it's like, uh, how about you? He, make he's my, bringing, what, what is he bringing up? The, he's trying to get me some form of love into the, the Baseball Hall of Fame. And I'm saying, okay. well, Lon, right. why don't you get my uh, my Kobe Bryant in, in, into a form of an NFT so we can make some money out of this? <laughs> You know, because that's where this stuff, you know, if this is where stuff is going, then maybe some money, man. <laughs> Spoken right like on. a true hustler right there. That's right. He's yeah. a hustler, baby. Well, aside from the crusades that we're on here in the Bleed Lost podcast, we are also about taco culture. So you kind of led me in there with the story about Harin and the Mexican food. So we need to know what is your favorite taco and where do you go in the city to get that taco? Okay, well, first off, I stopped eating beef, chicken, and pork about five years ago. Okay. So I've only I've only eat fish tacos, and I live down here in Manhattan Beach, and so shellbacks has been pretty good for me as far as um, fish tacos. They're right at the edge of the pier, um, right, right before you get to the pier on uh, Manhattan Beach Boulevard, and that's one of my favorites. Um, I, I honestly, they're oh, I'm the tin fish right next to the the Petco uh, in San Diego. They make a mean fish taco. Uh, uh, go, go, go ahead, Alicia. Ask him. Ask him what you want to ask him. He just mentioned Petco. I, what, I don't know what you're talking about. I don't need Pets. <laughs> All right. Are the Dodgers and the Padres a rivalry? And do you drink ranch water? Ranch? That's what Alicia wants to ask. I, I, don't know, I, I don't know what ranch water is, but. Then there's your answer right there. Because it's not oh, yeah, real. It's, it's, a, it's a simulation. It's not it's real. Not, but, it's not. Is it a rivalry though, John? I do not think it's a rivalry. I think it's cute that they want it to be a rivalry, but it's I think it just depends on what you mean by rivalry. Because I mean, when I'm there at every when I shoot those games down there, I'm just waiting for the fights in the stands. That's more fun <laughs> than the games, you know. And when you look at the NL West of all the teams that are that go through, you know, their careers, I mean, you see just like every regurgitates to another team in NL West. So it's just like we got friends everywhere. So it's not. Yeah, I can't even hit the Giants anymore. They got Jock Peterson and Alex Wood, and it's it's just a lot. You know, it's more fun to go see these guys than it is like to say, "Hey, I hate Will Clark, or I hate this guy, or, I hate that guy." Yeah, I don't have that kind of. I mean, Manny Machado is one of my favorite dudes out there. So it's really, I don't really have that kind of uh, 
you know, whatever it is that makes the fans sell that, you know, buy that ticket and buy that beer and buy the banner, whatever, it's, it's just fine with me because that's what it's all about. Are we at least allowed to hate the Astros? Is that still a <laughs> hate's a strong word, but you know, it as they get weeded out of you know, different players go on to different teams from even from them, it's it, it, you still hold a grudge. I mean, you know, it's it's hard because Alex Cora is one of my better friends. You know, you know, I shot him playing with the Doc and with you know David Ross and Isturis and Beltre and. You know, it's just a different kind of relate. I, I don't even know how to react to it because, you know, it had financial impact. I mean, yes. you think it just affected, you know, blah, blah, blah. You know, they got spanked on the hand for, you know, they got $5 million fine and they probably made, made you know, how many, $25 million in, in merchandise sales from World Series champion stuff, you know, stuff that should have been, you know, towards the Dodgers. And so just the, it's just, it leaves a bad taste in your, in your mouth. But you know what? I'm no saint either. I cheat too. So, you know. Like, <laughs> What do you, are you a golfer? What, what do you mean? Uh, whatever. I think we should have this podcast now then. <laughs> John Suhu, uh, legend, savage, clearly. I mean, that, that's not something I expected today. And you know what? You are better for it. Well, <laughs> it's, uh, we're, I just remember, we're not all passive Asians. Ah, my man. Uh, I love uh, John Suhu. <laughs> and John, uh, we, we want to give uh, the credit where the credit is due. If folks want to see uh, your, your stuff on the social, where can they find you? Uh, John.Suhu on Instagram is probably the only real place I post because I, I don't really do the Twitter thing right. Um, I know they connect up somewhere. I need some sort of social media help that's not going to want to, you know, take all my toys away from my my apartment here. But uh, I, I just I don't have I just know how to do Instagram. I do just the photos, and um, it it's uh, it'd be nice to get more love on it. I've been stuck at well, you know, number. I think that, I don't know if I can read the analytics properly or however they do uh, what do you call the algorithms. Um, but I've been stuck at one whatever the number I'm at for a long time now. So I don't one hundred and forty four thousand. Yeah, I've been kind of stuck there for a little bit, a little while. So I don't know what makes it go higher or lower. I may have hit my peak as far as Dodger fans, but if there are 2 million Dodger fans out there and, you know, only have 144, then something's missing here. Somebody's not seeing my shit. There are two, there are 2 million, um, 2 million Dodger fans. And they were all at the game, uh, World Series game uh, one of 1988. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I'm going to go follow. I might be the only one that was, actually. (laughs) I'm going to go follow John Suhu, as should you. And, uh, and again, thank you for the time, man. And, and most importantly, thank you for the candor. Uh, oh, I, I hope I didn't get myself in trouble, but I, I appreciate coming on and having this little platform to, to speak on because I don't have that many platforms and not many of them are listened to that, you know, that aren't patronizing. No, and, and listen, anytime you want to come and hang out and talk shit on uh, on Ranch Water, we'll, we'll let you come and talk shit on Ranch Water. Yeah, anytime and, you, you want know, to talk shit on anybody, John. This is the water. I don't even know. What the, this is Trader Joe's water, so I don't even know what the heck that is. What is that from? <laughs> it's reverse you, osmosis water. Okay. When you uh, are putting out your memoir and your, you know, Suhu scrapbook film, all that, please come back and, and help us celebrate it. Deal? Oh yeah, it's gonna be. I'll have to be dead for it because I don't think I'll no, ever be no. do that. The dogs will never let me do it. Uh, we'll see if they let me do that. We're Listen manifesting it. it. We're okay. manifesting. Okay. We're, we're willing it retire. into existence. Just like we're gonna talk to the homie Josh Rawich and say, "Hey, right. and into the hall." Well, just remember, I have photos of Josh Rawich. Uh, oh, kid out of college. Me, we'll, we'll keep that boy. in our back pocket, there, Josh. Oh man, I got. I have pictures. I have video of him riding a. a, 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 a what do you call those thoroughbreds at the arcade? 
Oh, oh. <laughs> it was ESPN zone. I have that still on my phone, and I can just bury it. I guess I won't do that if I'm trying to get the Hall of Fame. <laughs> well, true. I mean, true, as Juan said earlier, you truly buried the lead because you have dirt on Josh Rowich, and we're going to blackmail the fuck out of him. Yeah. <laughs> to keep him alive. Yes. But on that note, thank you again for joining us, John, and uh, and we'll catch you at the stadium this season. All right. Thank you. Have a, have a good week. I'll see you for bobblehead night, whenever that is. Yeah. And again. <laughs> Ship it to me. Don't ship it to Juan. Well, I because think Alicia Juan, probably has a few more bobbleheads. So that's true. That Just don't night. ship it to Juan because Juan is a grown ass man. That's all. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. Perfect. All right. Well, thank again, you guys. John. Hey, this is Max Muncy, and you're listening to the Bleed Lows podcast. Huge thanks to the legend John Suhu for joining us. If you're not following him, like you mentioned, go follow the socials immediately. Great follow. Great guy, obviously. Looking forward to catch up with him down the road. In the meantime, this episode of the Bleed Lose podcast was presented once again by our friends at Bet Online. Bet Online continues to be the number one source for all of your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest sports developments, including updated NBA playoff odds, fights, and even next season's futures. Also, who are you picking to win the World Series? Well, you can pick all that at Bet Online. Bet Online is your continued source for all of your sports wagering needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino and poker games. Again, it's super easy to join, get started, all that good stuff. Head to their website today, betonline.ag. Use your mobile phone to join and use the promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that promo code is B-L-E-A-V, BLEAV, and you'll receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Huge thanks to them for presenting the episode again. going to betonline.ag. In the interim... Thanks again to John Suhu for myself, Juan, the babyface gimmick in the sky, Roger, Alicia Del Valle. Thanks again for tuning in to another episode of the Bleed Loss Podcast. If you haven't, please subscribe, rate, and review. Follow us on the socials, all that good stuff. In the meantime, go Dodgers, and we'll catch you down the road. Thank you for listening to this week's episode. Please subscribe and leave a review to the Bleed Lows Podcast. The Bleed Lows Podcast is a Dodgers Beat production. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.